Hello, and welcome to this half-hour dose of weekly Jewish spirituality, brought to you by Mishkan's Thursday Morning Minyan. Jews have a tradition of praying three times a day, and at Mishkan, we have a daily virtual Minyan at 8 a.m. Central to get your day started. Folks join us from across the country and across the world as we begin each day with words and songs of gratitude, inspiration, healing, and Torah. If you miss us in the morning, join us here every week for the replay of our Thursday Minyan, hosted by me, Rabbi Lizzie Heidemann. During my sabbatical, I know you'll enjoy hearing from the voices of Rabbi Stephen and guest leaders. Without further ado, I invite you to breathe a little deeper, connect a little more with yourself, with God, with Torah, with this community, and with the world around you, wherever you are, whatever your time zone. We're going to be reading from Parsha Vayeram. Um, this is coming to us in the book of Exodus. It's the second Parsha of the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus. We are still in the middle of the conversation that God is having with Moses at the burning bush. So just a bit of background. We began with the story of how after several generations, there was a Pharaoh who rose up over Egypt who did not remember the um, good relationship between the Israelites and the Egyptians. The Israelites are enslaved, um, grown numerous. There's various measures that Pharaoh imposes to try to control the Israelite population. Um, At one point, Moses is uh, put into the river by his mother as a way of saving him from one of Pharaoh's decrees, the death of the firstborn, um, or sorry, the death of of all male children. Um, And then um, he's rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in Pharaoh's court, ends up witnessing the oppression of the Israelites. He kills an Egyptian slave master, runs away into the wilderness, builds a life there, has been living there quite a time, um, and then God appears in a burning bush and says, hey, you got to get back to your people. We'll say the blessing over learning Torah together, which is La'asuk B'divrei Torah, Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kedeshanu B'mitzvotah Vitzivanu La'asuk B'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, source of all things, who brings holiness into our lives through our actions, asking us to busy ourselves with words of Torah. I'm going to read it in the Hebrew first, and I'll read it in English. The question that I am holding is why now? Why is God remembering the Israelites now? We're told that they're in slavery for four centuries, right? For over 400 years. So, so why now? Why is, why is God suddenly remembering this promise that God had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, with the patriarchs and matriarchs of this people? Um, why has it taken so long? Vaidaber Elohim, El Moshe, Vayomer Elav, Ani Adonai, Vaera El Avraham, El Yitzhak, Vel Yaakov, Ba'el Shaddai, Ushmi Adonai, Lo Nodati Lahem, Vegam Hakimoti et Briti, Itam, Latet Lahem, et Eretz Kanaan, et Eretz. Megurehem asher garuba vegam anishamati et naakat bnei Yisrael asher mitzrayim ma'avidim otam ve'ezkor et briti lachen emor livnei Yisrael ani adonai v'hotzeti 
אתכם מתחת סבלות מצרים והצלתי אתכם מעבודתם וגאלתי אתכם בזרוע נטויה ובשופטים גדולים ולקחתי אתכם לי לעם והייתי לכם לאלוהים וידעתם כי אני אדוני אלוהיכם המוציא אתכם מתחת סבלות מצרים Let's go for one more. We'll go for one more, actually. Actually, two more. Ve'haviti etchem et el-eretz, el-eretz asher nasati et yadi latet ota la'avraham litzak u'yakov v'natati italachem morsha ani Adonai v'edber Moshe ken el b'nei Yisrael ולא שמעו אל משה מקוצר רוח ומעבודה קשה. That's the important part. Okay, it's the important part at the end there. So here it is in English. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am Adonai. It's this word, this is actually the tetragrammaton here. Um, this four-letter name of God that we don't quite know the pronunciation of. We often say Adonai. It's the convention. Adonai just means my Lord. But it's the yud heh vav heh here. So God introduces God's self to Moses as I am, right? This yud heh vav heh. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, but I did not make myself known to them by my name, this name, yud heh vav heh. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. I have now heard the cry of the Israelites because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage and slavery, and I have remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, to the Israelite people, I am Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh. I will free you from the labors of the Egyptians and deliver you from their bondage. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and through extraordinary chastisements. Usually it's signs and wonders, but why not? Um, that's interesting, interesting translation there. Um, I guess extraordinary judgment, maybe. And I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I, Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, am your God who freed you from the labors of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for possession. I am Adonai. I am Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh. But when Moses told this to the Israelites, they wouldn't listen to Moses. Their spirit had been crushed by cruel bondage. Right, so my question here, it seems like it took a while for God to remember this covenant that God had established with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right, to bring this people to Canaan, um, to build a home for them there. Um, and suddenly now, after several centuries, seems to have heard the cry of the Israelites. Um, and suddenly, right, the Eskor et Briti, suddenly remembers this covenant, Um And is now going to to bring them out right with his outstretched arm and through Shoftim Gedolim, right? Um, great judgment. I actually made another way to translate that. Um, and uh, when Moses tells this to the people, um, they seem to not be able to hear because uh, their spirit had been crushed by cruel bondage. So I'm curious, um, why now? Why after all this time? Oh, I like that translation layer, the <laughs> massive punitive damages. And so a question from Susanna was the combination of the groaning of the Israelites combined with the extent of their spirit's 
crushing it registered with the deity. Um, and Noah said, I find it interesting that God would seem to forget the covenant. So the question is, God, did God forget, right? Uh, what does it mean for God to remember? Um, uh, and absolutely, I think, Suzanne, you're pointing to, um, was it the cry of the Israelites um, that actually triggered um, God into action? Uh, Nicole? So I tend to think of all of this in a more psychological point of view. Um, I think it's more that Moses remembered that he was an Israelite and stood up against the abuses of the house in which he had been raised. Um, and so God's like, okay, well, maybe they're ready now. Um, and that sort of continues to play out with all of the moaning and groaning throughout the uh, 40 years until the Israelites are sort of finally, you know, ready for for freedom and to enter the promised land. Mm. So you have to realize you have a problem first and foremost to be able to do something about it. Mm, absolutely right. Awareness is the first step for change. Um, and I think that seems to be right, right in line with what Susan, Susanna was saying. And in line um, right, with what you're saying is actually you, some of the rabbis are uh, comment, right? It's actually the crying out that God was waiting for the, for the Israelites to cry out to, to recognize the injustice um, in which they're living in. And even then, right, it seems like they're still um, having a difficult time really internalizing the message that they might uh, have a different possibility um, ahead of them um, because they've been so crushed by by this labor. Um, uh, Megan points out that there seems to be a big thing that there is, um, there's now a leader um, for the Israelites who has a bit of removal from all the pain and can perhaps bring a new perspective. Um, we had a discussion about this uh, this last Shabbat, right? Kind of why Moses? Moses is an interesting character. Uh, Moses is said to have perhaps a, a speech impediment or um, a great difficulty speaking fluidly. Um, and so it seems like an interesting person to elect to go before Pharaoh and the people and speak a lot. Um, and uh, somebody proposed that actually it was Moses having a taste of what it might be like to live outside of slavery um, that was so necessary um, to actually have the imagination of what a different kind of life could look like. Uh, Leah? I'm thinking about how at the end of the last book, Bereshit, we see that the family that the covenant was originally made with was still pretty fractured. Like if you look at what Jacob says to his children on his deathbed, it's not very nice by and large. And in my experience, when you have that sort of familial dynamic, it just keeps getting passed on and passed on and passed on and passed on because grudges, you know, are very easily transmitted Lador Vador. Um, and I'm wondering if the, the people who descended from the original family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob needed to somehow coalesce um, in a way that transcended these deep familial grudges. Um, and right, wrong, or indifferent for good or for ill, one thing that massive collective trauma can do is forge new alliances um, in service of the greater good. Um, and I wonder if that's what we were waiting for in that collective crying out. Mm. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. That this is actually kind of the, 
uh, this was a process of, of really becoming a people in some way, right? We do see the transition from kind of a tribal uh, uh, or tr- a, a tribe itself, right? It's still a tribal system, but a tribe to more of a people. Um, and the time to um, yeah move move beyond right some of those some of those wounds that perpetuate themselves over generations. Um, I'm looking in the chat. Uh, question about verse five. The Hebrew says gum also, but it's translated as now, um, which seems a bit different. Gam is an interesting word. It can mean, yeah, also, moreover. Um, it can also be used as a particle of emphasis. Um, we've seen it used uh, to mean even as well. Um, uh, it's a, there's a lot of, a lot of meaning kind of layered onto it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think actually moreover could be actually a, a good translation there, um, right? Saying kind of I have moreover heard, right? I've also heard, right? Um, so good, good pointing out. If you're actually ever curious about um, biblical words, um, there's a dictionary called the Brown Drivers Briggs. Um, it's available online. Um, the online version is a, is a little obtuse to use. You have to know the uh, three-letter root of a word, including words that don't have three letters in them. So I found gum under uh, gimel mem mem. Um, uh, so sometimes it can, it can require a little bit of guessing as to where you might find a two-letter word. But it's a, it's a really great resource. I can copy it to the chat in a second. Um, I think Noah, you're right. Uh, yeah, regarding the Israelites' reluctance to listen to Moses... They've lost trust as part of their crushed spirits. Um, and and you're correct, right? Prophets are often mocked by their people. Prophets really only arise when there is a difficult message to deliver uh, and when the people don't really want to hear um, or aren't ready to hear or have a hard time hearing. Um, and so, Glenn, yeah, how did Moses get this message to Israelites? He fled Egypt, is in the wilderness, burning bush, went back to Egypt. Yes, he went back to Egypt. Um, we're not told about the journey back. Um, but uh, uh, that's, uh, I wonder if there's a midrash there. Often there's a midrash when we find those gaps in the text. I, I'm in the car, so I can't chat. But um, I also wonder if there's kind of a covenantal thing where God and the Jewish people have to each do their part. And one of the things that happens in the story is that Moses's mother has somehow the faith or the hope or whatever to put him in the river, right? She has some belief that somehow he will survive. And then the Pharaoh's daughter takes him out of the river. And although we don't hear much about her in the Torah portion, the rabbis say that she was she was one of the I think seven people who ascended straight to heaven hmm. because of what she had done, and so you have these two women, one Jewish, one non-Jewish, who set the stage for someone who can actually talk to Pharaoh. I mean, that's the other thing is like in order to get out of bondage, you need someone who has like he's got access. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so the, so the, so Moses's mother set up a situation through her faith in which there was possibility. And that was when God woke up and listened because there was possibility. Mm. 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 How beautiful. I was uh, in Jordan a couple years ago um, and had the, had the opportunity to, um, our tour guide was the, um, only at that time, the only non-male tour guide, like officially licensed to be a tour guide in the country of Jordan, which is very, I mean, very cool to get to meet her. 
Um, but she shared a, a, a phrase with us that she was translating from, from Arabic. Um, so I'm, I'm sure it sounds much more beautiful um, in Arabic. But um, essentially the phrase that she, that she and her family and her community used was like, if God, God will only meet you halfway if you go halfway. Um, and so I feel like this is very much a story of that, right? That, that up until the moment that there weren't people willing to actually risk the possibility of a different future, right? To have a bit of faith leap into the unknown, um, right? God's not just going to come in um, while you're you know, sitting down doing nothing and pluck you, <laughs> pluck you out of, of where you are, right? That actually you have to be open to the possibility of change and to actually believe that things could be could be different. I realize actually, I kind of, uh, I kind of miss, I miss, uh, misplaced us. Um, uh, this this conversation with God is actually happening after they've returned to Egypt. Although we're still not really told how they get back. Um, I guess they get on a donkey in the pre at the end of the previous parsha. Um, but they've already visited the people. Um, the people are having a hard time. Uh, are having a hard time accepting this message, um, right? Moses and Aaron were told they assemble all the elders of the Israelites. Um, Aaron repeats all the words and performs some signs and wonders with Moses, and the elders are convinced. Um, but then it's really interesting how quickly um, that message is, is lost among them, how they have a hard time really internalizing, internalizing that message. Um, and yes, there can be miracles if you believe um, is some great Prince of Egypt wisdom. And I, I truly actually believe that, right? That, that miracles can happen around us if we are open to the possibility of change. I'm not saying that we have to walk around with kind of a, a sense of, of uh, naivete around the, with the world, right? We, you know, the world is ours for changing. Um, but I truly believe that that change cannot come unless we actually believe in the possibility of things being different than they are now. And I, and and something I've been thinking a lot about recently, given the state of the world, uh, I think one of our jobs as Jews is to continually hold the belief that the world as it is is not the world as it has to be. Um, and that that actually is our inheritance from this story, right? That we are the inheritors of a story that is all about the seemingly impossible happening within uh, uh, a, a horrific situation. Um, but it was because of these people, right? Um, Moses's mother and Miriam and Pharaoh's daughter, the midwives as well, we read about last week. Um, and then eventually Moses uh, himself and Aaron um, being, uh, and then and eventually all of the Israelites, right? Being a people um, who said, no, the way the world is is not the way it has to be. It can be different. It can be different. Um, and so... Um, I, I truly believe that that's our inheritance and our mission in the world. It continues to be our mission in the world. Um, awesome. Thanks for, thanks for doing some uh, learning with us. Let's do, um, let's do some prayers for healing. Um, and, um, and then we'll take some time, uh, for remembering those who are no longer with us with the mourners Kaddish. Um, I always like to take the energy of learning toward together and directing that towards those in need of a little bit of extra love, um, a little bit of extra strength right now. So if you're thinking of somebody in need of healing, whether of mind, of body, or of spirit, and you like to share their name in the chat, or hold their names in your heart, and we send this blessing to each and every one of them. Mekor ha bracha le imotenu, 
May the source of strength who blessed the ones before us help us find the courage to make our lives a blessing and let us say Amen. Bless those in need of healing with refuah lema, the renewal of body, the renewal of spirit, and let us say, Amen. Some blessings of refuah lema, the complete recovery to all those we've named in the chat, those names we hold in our hearts, on the road to recovery, days of comfort, nights of peace, and I can say amen. We're going to turn to the mourner's Kaddish. Is there anybody remembering somebody today who'd like to share their name aloud or in the chat? I see that whole side. Ms. Mary be for a blessing, Sherry. My mother, Muriel Cornleth. May her memory be for a blessing, Lynn. See Sylvia Herring in the chat. May her memory be for a blessing, Jessica and David Rose. May his memory be for a blessing, Elizabeth. Anybody else? If you're in a period of mourning or observing a yard site, I invite you to rise as you're able for Kadisha Tom, the mourner's Kaddish. Yitzgadal, Vitkadash, Shemei, Rabbah, Be'alma, Divra, Chirte, Vemlich, Machute, Be'chayachon, Uvyomechon, Uvchaye, Zecho, Be'i Israel, Ba'agala, Uvizman, Kari, Vimru, Amen. Yehe, Shemei, Rabbah, Mevarach, Leolam, Ome, Almaya. Yit barach, vish tabach, vip ar, vit roman, vit nase, vit hadar, vit ale, vit halal, shame, tikudsha, brichu, la ela, miko birchata, vishirata, tushbechata, venechamata, de amiran, belma, vimru, amen. Yehe, shlamaraba, min shamaya, vechaim, aleni, velkoisra, el, vimru, amen. O se shalom, bimumav, huya se shalom. Aleinu velko Yisrael, velko Yoshvei Tevel, v'imrum. Amen. May all their memories be for blessing. He zichonam livracham. You've been listening to Contact Chai, a production of Mishkan Chicago. If you were inspired or informed by this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that others can encounter our work. And if you appreciate what Mishkan is doing, I invite you to join as a builder or make a donation on our website at mishkanchicago.org. Shabbat Shalom. Shalom.